Welcome to another episode of the Hot Hot Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Aperno. I joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Hannafin, senior writer at hothothoops.com. Uh, we weren't hiding from y'all. Um, we just, uh, we've just been busy. I was, uh, on the West Coast traveling for work. Matt's, uh, schedule has, well, actually my schedule's probably been worse than Matt's, so I put yeah. this one on me, but, um, I think last time we spoke, the Heat had just finished game two of the finals. And was it game two or game three? It was game, uh, I think it was, it was game two, because the Heat had finally won one. It was like a day before game three. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Heat are out. And the finals are over, in case you haven't heard. And, uh, well, we're not going to spend really too much time on that because, you know, there's been breakdowns on our site. Like, other podcasts have walked through that series a lot deeper than we could have. But congratulations to the Denver Nuggets, who were spectacular um, in, uh, in in that finals. And, you know, we, uh, we, saw, uh, we saw some great stuff from some of our guys as well. But, alas, it doesn't always, it doesn't always work. Um, Matt is unfortunately experiencing his first finals loss as a member of Hot Hot Hoops. Wow. Uh, you know, been through been through a, a few of those now, buddy. Uh, they don't get easier. <laughs> um, but, you know, like uh, like all good things, they have to come to an end. And we're here in the offseason where we've, we're taking more else. Um, yep. I, in case you didn't hear yesterday, Bradley Beal has uh, chosen to – um, head over to the Phoenix Suns and join a very top-heavy uh, team in Kevin Durant, uh, Devin Booker, D- uh, Aiton, and and now him. Um, and I'm not as, as Josh Okoji. I, I think is the other starter on that team. If I'm not, if I'm not, mistaken. I don't think he's under contract. Oh, great! So the autofill on Cameron. Team, I think maybe was, Cameron Payne is, and then also they had a couple more in the trade: Isaiah Hill and Jordan Goodwin, who are just throw-ins from. Washington. I think those are the only guys under contract. So I think it's the, the, will, the number the seven right now. Uh, I don't think a Kogi's under contract. I can double check that, but it's 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 either one of him or Payne that's under contract. But nevertheless, it's a very yeah. top heavy roster. <laughs> no, it, it it definitely is. I'm curious to see how they uh, they make that work because, like, at first glance, and you know, that's not too. Uh, you know, does you know look down upon any of my Phoenix, my friends who are Phoenix Suns fans? You know, all one of them. Um, looking at you, Mike. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's one of those where I'm like, I'm curious how they make that work. Also, from an injury perspective, God, that's a terrible dynamic. Uh, uh, Ishmael Wainwright as well. Ish Wainwright, he's another one. But again, these are guys like him, Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd. They're making practically minimum salary. So, no, I mean that's um, really. I, um, I saw something today. Was it like combined? It's one hundred and eleven million dollars for like the three starters compared well, to this this upcoming season. If you want to, if you want to throw eight into that mix, it's I think it's about one hundred sixty million compared to what uh, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, I believe, I believe. and LeBron Either were those making. four of them plus pain. But regardless, again, regardless, it's still. Did you see? Did you see that tweet? Uh, what Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron were making when they were the big three? It was forty five million combined? It was it was like half of or not half of it was like a third it's of nothing. what it was. Yeah. Good times, good stuff. <laughs> but like we'll we'll see it. So it leaves the heat, I guess, now in a peculiar uh peculiar place because you know, um this was Beal was very gettable. Um if you yep. listen to uh, uh Five on the Floor, Five on the Five Reason Sports Guys, shout out to them. 
um, they had a really good pod kind of jumping into that uh, last night where it was more or less the Heat were just unwilling to give um, a certain player up. Um, most likely they didn't want to give up either uh, Nikola Jovic or Haywood Highsmith. Um, and I don't think uh, I don't think it was uh, them not not wanting to give up Duncan. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those where I think uh, if you go on Twitter, which where Matt, you know, has set up shop, um, you know, you see that the Heat fan base isn't thrilled. And, you know, why would they be? Um, Bradley Beal, as I've pointed out in our in our Slack channel a million times, has been linked to the Heat for what seems like decades, you know. Um, and, you know, for the Heat not to get him. Uh, I mean, I was a little worried when they when they brought in the nepotism link, uh, <laughs> which, which seemed to play a bigger factor than we thought it was going to play, Matt. Um, <laughs> You're looking right at me. Stand the eyes when you say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, look um, I think it's disappointing, uh, but all the rumors that are coming out um, are that the Heat are still looking at Damian Lillard and still want him and, you know, really think that he's going to want to ask out of Portland. And I don't know. It, it's on one hand. Sure. I would love that. Uh, but on the other is like, I kind of have to be realistic about it. And I don't think we're going to get any answers soon. Um, Ira pointed out that Pat Riley cannot talk about Beal, cannot talk about Lillard, and can't mention, talk about any of that stuff when he gives his presser tomorrow. So, you know, it's, I think we're just, I think the, I think the only visibility we'll get into that is uh, post NBA draft. And uh, that's uh, this coming Thursday. Yeah. Um, there is, so this is, I mean, if if you've been on Twitter or if you like follow the hot, hot account, or, um, if you follow me, which I don't know why you would do that one, um, you, I mean, I've kind of made my point pretty clear on how I feel about the whole Damian Lillard heat rumors. Um, I can brush over that a little bit before we talk and in like a bigger subject, I am, I mean, Brandon and I disagree on this a little bit, but I'm of the belief that uh, I don't think it's, I don't, it's a weird thing with Dame because he's, he's never once in his career suggested that he, that he's wanted to trade uh, away. He's never wanting, wanted to request a trade away from the Portland Trailblazers. And this is, I think we're, we might be approaching the closest point of him wanting to request a trade, depending on what happens Thursday. And even then, I'm still thinking it's a little bit, a little bit. I don't. I, I think he's bluffing a little bit. I think he's really trying to put pressure on the organization to improve the team. And I feel like he's been doing that for the last several years. Um, I'm just of the belief that I, I don't like the Heat organization trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's definition of insanity. Um, they tried to wait for Giannis. That didn't work. They last year with Donovan Mitchell, it was a weird situation because of the Danny Ainge factor. I don't think Danny Ainge is just going to give Pat Riley Donovan Mitchell for really anything. And so I think he was kind of just trying to strip him from his arms and legs. That did obviously didn't work. He gets traded to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kevin Durant situation was probably the closest that a Heat superstar was, or not Heat superstar, a superstar was going to have of like. I wanted to go to Miami, but he also had Phoenix in those conversations and Phoenix obviously had the better package at the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like recently, not in 2016, when we lost D Wade waiting for KD. Right, right, right. No, no, I'm talking about this last year. Yeah. Um, 
And obviously, Kevin Durant elects to rescind his trade request. He gets traded the trade deadline to the Phoenix Suns. The Heat missed out on that. Um, and it was last offseason. We weren't doing this pod then, but it was just a lot of like waiting for something to happen. And I just feel like the Heat, now that the Beal rumors have come and gone, and that's over with, the Heat waiting for Damian Lillard, who again, I can't stress this enough, has not requested a trade. And we don't know if he will request a trade. He might. He might. But he hasn't shown any, any indication of wanting to request a trade. And for me, I'm of the perspective of, I don't think that he should sit and wait for this. Um, and I know they're not going to listen to me. And I know they operate differently than you and me and maybe some others or whomever. They're much smarter and they know how to run an organization. I don't. <laughs> um. But like the, now the Heat, as you mentioned, are in a very precarious box. It's like once Thursday comes, there's reports that came out today. Chris Mannix reported this morning that the Blazers have been trying to, I think it was like tried, they were they were looking at names like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi with the Blazers or with the Raptors to try to trade that number three pick. But the belief is right now is that they'll keep that pick. Do you and see what so, the Raptors were saying today, too? They're, they have no intention of blowing up the team. They feel like they're right. on par with Miami. Right, right. And so with the recent reporting that we've gotten from the whole Damian Lillard-Blazer situation throughout these last few months was, well, if Dame or if they keep the number three pick, then that Dame is going to all of a sudden want out or at least – put some pressure on them or whatever, at least have a discussion with the front office about potentially wanting to get moved or whatever, even though the number three pick will net you either one of Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, who are two very good prospects in their own right. I know we're not going to do draft talk right now, but those are two good prospects in their own, in their kind of their own way. Um, And, and I don't know if, I don't know what it looks like for Portland and like the other deals that they're trying to make. I mean, we've heard some Zion smoke, um, with them trying to potentially trade the number three pick for Zion Williamson. I don't know how true that is. And especially, it's especially weird because of the fact that Orland has been a team over the last several years to deal with like entry, like plate players. And Zion Williamson would just be another one of that. And he's now going to have a max contract for the next four or five years. I don't remember the exact terms of it, but he's going to be on a max contract. He's played 114 games in four seasons. I don't know. I don't know what all this will net. I mean, we won't really know until the second pick is made. Um, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I've seen other rumors too. Like if Chicago is going to blow shit up. I have I've, seen that Casey Johnson reported. I think I saw it like right before we hopped on that. Uh, they might look to move Levine for like a young player, a couple first round picks and a salary filler. Again, Miami, all they do have this and, just yeah. to go back to the Dame situation, like the thing that bug that they not I don't want to say bugs me, but worries me the most. It's like, okay, let's say Damian Lillard does request a trade. Well, he can request a trade. There's probably there's gonna be 28 other teams that want him. Yeah, obviously most of them aren't gonna get him because of like where they're at as a contender, of course, matching salaries, et cetera, et cetera. Miami, as what we've kind of heard throughout like the grapevine would be towards the top of that list. But like, there's another team who Dame likes 
the Portland or the Brooklyn Nets. I know they have eleven first round picks. They have the draft equity. But I, but have, I got I got to lean with Greg. Um, I think it was Greg Sylvander on hot, on uh, on five reasons what he said today, which is like Dame can't Dame can justify moving his butt over to Miami to be like, yeah, like, you know, I wanted to go and win a championship, blah, blah, blah. But he can't justify leaving Portland, you know, after saying he wanted to stay so bad to go play with, uh, with bridges. It just doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but Damian lured up to this point of wanting to stay in Portland for as long as he has, that also doesn't make sense. He's a yeah, weird, he's 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 a weird case, and I was I was trying to explain this in the Slack. It, it's a weird case study with Damian Lillard because it's like he's the one superstar in league history that is, or not league history in recent history in this age in this day and age where there's so much player empowerment that he's the one guy that just wants to stay. Yeah, I know, but it's he's just some. Like it's different. Like, it's not like Kevin Durant. It's not like LeBron. It's it, not it like is, it is though. Like that's the it's thing. Not. Like I watched a lot of friggin' basketball like throughout, and all the stars, and they all say the same thing every off season. You know what I mean? It's like Damian Lillard has been very vocal. He's almost made his whole personality about staying in Portland. But everybody up until they've actually moved teams has said the exact same thing all the time. KD was going to play in, in uh, Oklahoma City his entire career. Um, what Chris Paul was going to play in, at the time, New Orleans his entire career. Russ was never going to leave OKC. Um, you know, like I think LeBron was not six, not seven at one point, you know, it's like, um, it's everyone staying where they're staying until, until a better opportunity arises. And I think it's interesting. And one of the reasons I haven't lost hope about the Lillard thing, but I'm still with you and I'm hoping that the heat are being realistic about it is that a lot of it is coming from Dame's mouthpiece in Chris Haynes, where it's like, he said, uh, in the tweet yesterday, um, what was it? There's a very realistic, um, like, or it's, 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 it's thought to be realistic that he might actually ask for a trade. So like, you know, coming from Chris Haynes, which is Damian Lillard's boy, you know, like there has to be a, you know, it's uh where there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing. I know Shams today tweeted out that Lillard doesn't want to go um, anywhere. And like, that's totally cool. If Lillard doesn't want to go, the heat need to make moves and abandon that play. But if the heat are still com- like, the front office is smart, man. You know, like anyone who doubts the Heat front office is kind of in a playing a losing game at this moment. They've made the finals like two, 50, 50%, you know, over the last four years, 50% of the time over the last four years. And I know they did it as an eight seed this year, which was unprecedented, but it's the same, the same time. They were in the Eastern Conference finals last year as the number one seed and they were in, made the bubble finals, you know, like the Heat front office knows what they're doing. If Lillard is not happening, then I think they pivot, but it's like, I need, we need, or I need for my sanity and mental health. Um, I need them to pivot quickly. And I guess we as a fan base need them to pivot quickly because we don't want to lose out on everybody. I think, you know, if you can't get Lillard, I think everyone would be pretty content with Levine. If they could get him. It's even, um, honestly, I, I would like, I'd like Kobe White. I like that guy. All right. <laughs> no comment. You know? No comment on Kobe White, but like just in terms of like, I just from what we got yesterday, again, with the negotiations leading up to the Bradley Beal situation where it's like the Heat actually have leverage in a situation where 
again, with the Donovan Mitchell, with the Kevin Durant, and now even with the Damian Lillard, they don't have much leverage. And the Heat have leverage in this situation. They're not willing, whether it is draft equity. I know the thing with the thing with Phoenix did is they offered a lot of expirings, or they offered at least a couple of expirings. And that's something that, like, you heard the reporting that it was Lowry and one of Duncan Robinson or Victor Oladipo. Well, Lowry and Oladipo are both expirings. Um, and then it just comes in play, like, all right, what's the draft equity look like? I don't know if it's it, – we heard up to this point that it was two first-round picks, and then we don't know if there was, like, a pick and a swap or whatever the case was, but it was just, like, the Heat had leverage and they had the better package, but the better package wasn't – more appealing to a Wizards team that is going to have God knows how much money in cap space than in a couple of years. Um, and so, like, I guess that was the deal that, and again, Beal wasn't unwilling to waive his no trade clause to, to Phoenix if there was a deal that Washington liked more and Washington liked uh, Phoenix's offer more. And so now, like, with the Damian Lillard situation, there's just too many unknowns where it's like, First, he has to ask out. That's step one. Step two, he has to he has to kick the door down, being like, "I want to go to Miami and only Miami," because then Miami would have some leverage in that. He might have Miami at the top of his list, anyways. Yeah, but that doesn't but... mean Portland. I mean, who knows? The thing with Dame is he's Bobby Marks pointed this out this morning. He it's a it's a weird thing because it's like he has the closest thing, or at least this is. I, he has the closest thing to a no trade clause as there is to not having a no trade clause. Like he had, like he's built up so much equity within that organization that the closest thing that he has to a no trade clause is that equity. He doesn't have, to, he doesn't technically have a no trade clause, but it's yeah. like this kind of pseudo fake no trade clause. And so he could be willing to like request a trade and then Portland equally work with him on finding a destination or finding a team and as again, Miami very well could be at top of his list or at least near that list or near the top. And so that's yeah. the thing where it's like Portland might, they might be in a situation where they might try to do the best thing for the organization and accept the the best deal. That's kind of like what Brooklyn did, even though Brooklyn's not Portland in the situation because Damian Lillard's been with Portland his entire career. And so it's a little bit of a different circumstance. And so but there's just too many unknowns because I think that he would have to request that trade to Portland and or request that trade to Miami. Well, I can't talk right now. You request that trade to Miami. A lot of teams, man. Yeah. And it's just, I don't, I can't say, I, I don't see Dame do that, doing that. Like if I'm, if you were to ask me right now, I just don't see him doing it. Or at least it's, doing the part where he requests it to Miami specifically. I don't I mean, think. Like, like, look, like, look. Stranger things have happened, dude. Um, so so much so that if if Damian Lillard is a part of the Miami Heat organization at the start of next season, I will not be surprised. Okay, I will. Um, there's just I will be, but I won't be. I have to preface all this by saying I won't be upset. No, I, don't I have serious upset. doubts about the situation Miami's in right now. But I'm I'm not saying I don't want Damian Lillard in a Heat uniform. I do yeah. want Damian Lillard in a Heat uniform if it becomes possible. That even with the weird tax situation in the second apron, um, the Heat are one organization that I trust in the entire league to at least get those three guys 
Dame, Jimmy, and Bam on the same team and then figure the rest out with the roster building and how they want to navigate that. Again, I'm not going to go into some gigantic CBA talk right now, but there are some serious restrictions with the second apron, especially after this upcoming season. This was kind of like a preliminary kind of, it's a light penalty or light, they're lighter penalties this upcoming season with the second apron. It gets more daunting as the years go by and especially the more years that you're in that second apron. Right now, Miami would be a second apron team if you filled out 14 players on the roster. They have nine currently right now. They'd be about 184 and a half, 185 million. That's roughly 5 million over the second apron. If you were just fill out the rest of the players on with the roster that they have right now, if you were to just get to 14 guys, minimum contracts, they'd have a $55 million luxury tax bill. Um, if you, you somehow got to 15, that'd be a $62 million luxury tax bill. So it's like Miami Heat are already a second apron team. Obviously when you shed salary for like a Damian Lord and you're trying to make that money match, you're just taking, you're, you're going to probably be a second apron team again. You just got to figure it out from there. And there, again, there's more daunting penalties. The further along that you go in it, the more years you're in it in a certain like time frame, but um, the Heat are one organization that, like, if Damian Lillard were to get traded to the Miami Heat, I would trust them to figure it out after the fact. But I just have serious doubts about yeah Damian I mean, Lillard requesting a trade because it's like we've been through this how many times with how many different players. True, but the most recent Jimmy who requested a trade. Yeah. Don't forget the Heat, the heat got Jimmy while well, hard capped also. So well, it's they like, hard cap themselves by acquiring Jim. That's how they yeah. did it. Yeah, but like also, you know, Josh in in you know in trading Josh Richardson, who was a second round pick. You know, like the Miami has pulled off miracles. Is kind of what I'm trying to say. And it's like it's just weird to me what like that there would be so much. Like this is the most I've seen talk around this. Like when they were waiting for KD, there wasn't this much chatter. You know what I mean? I think it's because they just made the finals again and there's pressure on this organization. Like we've seen it. The, sure. the problem the last few seasons, this has been the la- at least late, the last stages of their playoff runs has been the lack of scoring. And like, been, if you can get that rumors. third guy, if you can get the whale, then you're sitting in a, you're sitting in a good spot. Like this last NBA finals, Miami couldn't crack a hundred to save their lives. Again, part of that's the pace, but the offense wasn't good in there. Like if you can add a guy who can create his own shot, like a Bradley Beal, who now that's out the window and a Damian Lillard, well, then you're sitting in a much better spot. But like, I think because they made the finals and because they endear themselves so much on getting over the hump, like there's this organization fans might not think the same way, at least some fans don't, but like, this is a championship or bust organization. That's what they, that's like literally their goal. That's what their superstar preaches. And so for them to fall short two out of the four seasons, yeah, it's incredibly hard to win a championship. And one, it's incredibly hard to make it there. This team isn't satisfied. This organization is not satisfied. The fans aren't satisfied. And I don't think they should be. And so that's where it comes in the perspective of like, this is their one, not this, not, I mean, again, you mentioned the Levine, but like, this is the biggest whale that's going to be on the market that we think we don't know, but that we think. And so for them to nail this and for them to to get this is probably more important than some might give it credit for. But it's more or less, for me, it's it's who's reporting it. It's like even Barry yesterday saying like, you know, like the Heat are still focused on Lillard. You know what I mean? A player that's not available as far as we know. You know what I mean? And it's like you got Jimmy's cousin 
posting like Dame gifts on Twitter. You got Jimmy <laughs> and shoot around yelling out Dame time. You know what I mean? It's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's weird things like that, that it just like, you know, obviously they're not coincidental, but it's it, like, it, you know, it's Chris Haynes tweeting stuff out about uh, Dwayne Damian Lillard and the Miami heat that it's like, okay, like how the, it doesn't seem like Damian is like making a power play here to make Portland better. It actually seems like he might want out. You know, so that's that's what that's where I'm like, that's where I wouldn't be surprised. But like, fact of the matter is, man, there are good free agents out there, and there are trades that can be made. This is not a good free agent class, dude. No, there. This is not a good free agent class. If you if you want to help make the Miami Heat better, there are good free agents out there. You don't need a whale to make the Heat better. They just went to the damn finals. You know what I mean? But you need you need someone who can provide a scoring presence, and there's players out there that can. But they are in a situation where, again, they have to shave money with trades in order to have the flexibility to acquire those free agents. And even then, they don't have cap space. They're no, they're true. beyond the luxury tax. Like they're not they're not in a situation where it's like, yeah, we can give a max to. I mean, I'm not saying you're saying this, but I'm just giving no. the example of like you can't give a max contract or a bunch of money to a Kyrie. Oh, like no, you can't. You can't. You're they. I get they. They're in a position where it's like you have nine players on the roster. You're going to be missing out on opportunities with like capitalizing on the assets that you have with the guys who possibly recouped value. Um, you have you have to deal with free agent situations with Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Um, yeah, but like theoretically, like the, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent might be making money elsewhere next season. Possibly, you know I, mean? I mean, I think Gabe is more of a priority as of right now over Max, but like you still have to. You have to you have to build yourself some flexibility if you're going to attack the free agent market. Again, I think the most realistic opportunity for this organization is to build it through the trade market and then through the draft if they assuming they keep their pick, which guess what is in three days. Um, I mean, I, th- I still think you can get some decent players for cheap, cheap, cheap. Um, you might be able on, to. On free agent. Like you might I, be I able think, to. I think like I'm looking at guys like right now. Um, like if you say one, Kevin Love, I swear to God, I'm just kidding. No, I still I look, I'm I'm one of the few, but I still think you should bring Kevin Love back on a vet min. Um he, you know, from all intents and purposes, he made that locker room way, way better. And like and I'm not the only one who said that. That's coming from inside the organization. Um, but I think, you know, uh, a guy a guy like Josh Richardson you can bring back for very, very cheap. You know, he's gonna mean? he's gonna want he's not gonna sign for the minimum. Uh he's in position not, right now where they can only sign minimum. guys for the minimum. That's but the I think problem. you can get him cheap considering he hasn't done like in you know, I'm gonna try not to swear on the podcast because we're trying to keep clean, I guess. Uh, but he hasn't done anything since leaving Miami. You know what I mean? Uh, he's same thing. With, built with himself like into a decent two way role player. He's not gonna accept the minimum. He's, he's, he's uh, not. This guy, like the every media appearance Josh Richardson has had since playing for the Heat four years ago has been about the Miami Heat. Still not gonna cut. He's still not gonna come back on the minimum. Not on the minimum, but I think you can get him for a relatively cheap deal. Um, but he could they, you, they can only sign free agents right now to the minimum. That's what I'm trying to explain. Like, uh, well, they can't then, you know what? Maybe, maybe he will. <laughs> he, I, he can't, like, or at least I don't think he's going to. Again, if they built that flexibility, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just go on. You know who would probably sign for the minimum? Who? Justice. Are we just bringing back former Heat guys? Is that what we're doing right now? <laughs> right now we are. Um, I was just trying to think who might. <laughs> Looking at this. Oh, man. I would love Matisse Dybul on this team. 
Him, Jimmy, and Bam, that's a murky fit. Yeah, but that's defense on defense. Defense would be fun, but... Yeah. Also, I've been preaching this since the Celtics series. Go get Grant Williams. You mean $20 million Grant Williams? Yeah, I know. $20 million. Um, Okay, who can you sign for cheap here? No, I don't know if he's going to be back for $20 million, but... No, no. Hey, Roddy Magruder. I mean, look, I'm I'm just looking through the list right now, so it's like I don't want to I don't want to be that guy, but like there's there. We could go through this another day. Yeah, we can. We can do a whole pot on this. Um, but I mean, it's fun. It's fun to think about. Um, oh man, I'd love James Johnson back, but that's just me. I mean, dude, we can't. If you want to contend, what James Johnson's doing this? At least he could put up twelve points a game. <laughs> Maybe not now. I mean, he said he wasn't even playing in Indiana. <laughs> I'd say he's a good locker room presence too. But didn't they like get rid of him for insubordination? So depth is important. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, no. Anyway, like, look. I think there's. I think there's decent players out there. I'm not like. Yeah. Like, obviously, they can't go out and get Fred. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they could probably they could probably get Russ on a vetman because that's what that's what everyone's predicting him oh, signing. Oh boy. Anyway. That would go over well with NBA slash Heat fans. I was yeah, at one I mean, point a very anti-Russ screamer about just with this team, but um, now, now I'm not so sure. On I'm a bet, men, I don't. I'd love, I'd love his 15 points per game. I mean, it's just every. It's not. It's not. He he would help in terms of like the rim pressure and. I liked how uh, he played in, in with the Clippers. Huh. I liked how he played with the Clippers. I do like how he played with the Clippers, especially in that against Phoenix in that playoff series. But like, he's just, it's everything just outside of like the transition rim pressure stuff that would drive heat fans up a wall. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's fair. But well, on the back, like, I guess I was, I, I mean, again, this was like near the deadline where I was like very, like, I don't want, Russ at all, even on the minimum. And again, I think I've lightened up on a vet minimum. I don't. I. I wouldn't hate it. Um. Like I, I'm not. I'm not going to be upset. I mean, there was. Were you on Twitter yesterday with the, uh, where the discussion of Draymond Green was just randomly floated about? Like I, I was. I was waiting. I, mean, I was waiting out of his contract it. today. That pretty much eliminates his possibility of joining Miami. Unless if again Miami were to gain flexibility and they could use their mid level, or he signs for the vet men. But like, whoa, did you see that? Yeah, I had my fun with it, but I don't know if you saw it. Like, just in general, it's like I like Draymond and I think he'd fit well. Uh, but it's like also, eh. Um, there's a players I like. There's players I think we lose. Like, I don't think. Oh, I don't think Yurtsevin's back with the Heat next year. Wow. Okay. I, I think, think. I mean, I'm just in, under the assumption that he, uh, O Rob and Jamal are just all going to be back on minimums, or maybe, think, maybe, I, maybe they're back on two ways as well. I mean, the thing with the new CBA, just to buy the way, is that you can now have three two way players instead of two, and so there's another spot. And we know how much the Heat like to rotate their two way guys out. I don't know if Orlando or Jamal will be back on the two-way, but the Heat do have that option if they want to. I was yeah, just under the they, assumption that they were going to bring Omer back on I know that uh, was bird. the minimum if they were going to. Yeah, I know that was bird rights, but like it was like 
I think it was what came out of his press conference is like, what do you want to do? Or like something, something along, they asked him that and he was like, I want to play or something. Yeah. Like that. No, yeah. I, that's a good point. I didn't, that didn't look great. Um, yeah. so it was very, sorry. Uh, um, it was in the same vein as Whiteside. I feel like, yeah. I mean, the thing with Omer, the last year, most of the year he was hurt. And so it wasn't like he, he, it was, he was put in a tough spot. Uh, but yeah, no, that was weird. I I do agree. Yeah, yeah. So, like, honestly, like, maybe maybe that doesn't, and then maybe that doesn't bring him back. You know, maybe it maybe it opens up the uh, uh, room for Miami to do another project because they they do. That's probably project. what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay as well. Um, you know, like we we gotta probably uh, start another session in a second and keep this podcast going. But I'll ask you a theoretical. Um, Say Miami is unable to bring Gabe Vincent back and say that, you know, Kyle Lowry is dished out because this is when his contract has the most value anyway. Who should the Heat pursue as a point guard? What kind of point guard do you think makes this team better? If I'm not going to say, like, again, the Kyries of the world. I mean, my again, my the first part where my brain went to was Fred, but again, it's just unattainable. You can't right afford, you can't it would have to be as again. I think it would have to be someone on the trade market. Yeah, like his Fred. Fred turned down twenty two mil. Headlines that deal, or someone who um, is like a an extra piece in that deal. I think it'd be someone of that ilk, and I genuinely don't know who that would be. If I'm being completely honest with you, Jamie no, Lillard. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, that's literally the first. It's literally like. The one well, I, I see. I feel like you have you have a great facilitator in Jimmy. You have a great facilitator in Bam. You need a scoring point guard. Um, so who's someone who could do that? You know, like but you want that person to also be to to be somewhat of a table setter. Dame can't do that. But no, but, no. But, but like I I look at like when the offense was working the best for the Heat, and I would like I'd fast for I'd rewind back to the bubble playoffs when. Uh, when Goron was putting up 19 points a game and was the highest playoff uh, score for the Heat, I think that's when the offense was working the best because it's like you didn't need Jimmy to go be playoff Jimmy and you didn't need Bam to go be playoff Bam like you played in the finals. You just needed them to do their jobs and you had someone else like trickling in those buckets. And I'm not saying to go get Gogi. He's not that guy anymore, you know, as much as, I, as, much as I'd like him back on the team in Udonis Haslam role. That being said, it's like, Somebody who can be a table setter and can uh, score at will would work really, really well for this team. It, it is kind of somebody like Fred, you know, who is at, like, at the risk of just acquiring all the Raptors point guards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he is a, he's a really good fit, but he's going to command like, you know, upwards from 30 million, 30 million up. Like he, t- like he didn't have a great season last year, but um, he wants more than 22 mil. And he was willing to contest the market to check that out. Like, there's still a chance he ends up with the Raptors next year, but we'll see. Anyway, let's take a quick break and Surya can uh, put something here. Um, maybe a sponsorship. Uh, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, continuing our point guard discussion, I'm just going to run through some of the free agent point guards and uh, get Matt's opinion on them just because it's fun to do that. Um, obviously, there's Kyrie, but we can't afford him. Um Coming off a really mediocre playoffs is fellow Way of Wade um, shoe man, D'Angelo Russell. Who uh, you know, generally a decent scorer, but 
not recently. Again, unaffordable. Next. Yeah. Pat Bev, not a scorer. That'd be so funny. Him coming back to Miami after he was what was he, he was part of their summer league squad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He got uh got drafted. Got drafted by the Heat. And yeah, then, got uh, drafted by the Heat. They had to get rid of him to make a way for LeBron. It'd be very he's he's just another one of those like Heat players who um like he, he would just embody the culture. And I don't I, again I don't know think he's that great of a player, impactful of a player at this stage of his career, but it'd certainly be funny. Um but yeah. <laughs> anyways, who's who who are some other ones? Um obviously Russ, we talked about him, who I still think can make a difference. Yeah, see, I'm just not big. I'm not a big like Russ guy at this stage of his career. Again, he would help in some spots, but I think everything else out, would outweigh that. Um, for yeah, a vet I mean, man, perhaps, but I don't know if he would accept that. Um, but I guess that's just my two cents on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, other free agents. There's uh, Kobe White, uh, who I talked about before. Who I quite like. He played really well to end the season after an uneven year. I feel like the Heat can maximize him. Better than someone sure. like Dennis Smith Jr. who was out of the league and then like had a few good games this year. I don't think the Heat want him. Uh, Corey Joseph is like at the last stage of his career. Kendrick Nunn, um, I, we haven't heard anything about him since he was a member of the Miami Heat. So I think that's about done. Hurt his knee and then just couldn't. Uh, couldn't find his footing in Los Angeles. I mean, he was better in Washington, but yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just like kind of kind of done with that. And then, like, really, there's not a whole hell of a lot. Um, you know, the rest of the again, way a lot of this is going to be built through the trade market. Like, that's where it's like maybe the, maybe I was a little bit wrong. I had a tweet last night where I made the point that Lillard wouldn't officially be someone who could be traded or at least to be made official until July 9th. Free agency begins June 30th. And I, I haven't made the point like, why would, why would Miami wait that long? But I mean, I was corrected. Thank you. Shout out to Frankie. Shout out to uh, some of those guys over at Miami. He beat. Um, I was, I was corrected a little bit. Um, again, this is kind of like similar to Beal. Uh, the trade could be made official, but um or a, they could be there could be like a, an agreement, but it wouldn't be made official until that July 9th date. But something else that I mean, I was getting people in my mentions were like, "Well, what about like they're not going to have cap space? Like it's not just a free agent thing. Like there, there's like free agency for Miami's Deadpool. It's Just like I think they could be missing guys on like the trade market because again, I think this is, I think the most realistic way. Like Miami has the trade exception, which. Again, I'll preface by saying that most trade exceptions aren't used because you can't really fill, you can't really find guys to fit into that. And then again, you need both sides to agree to it. It depends on the player. It depends on the situation. Yada, yada, yada. They have the $4.7 million trade exception from the Dwayne Dedman deal. That's a pretty small, that, that, that's a fairly small below average exception amount. And usually it's like you get, you can get that amount, I think, plus like a hundred thousand to, to kind of to fit into that without like giving up like players to match money or whatever. Um, but like they still have the trade exception that they could theoretically use that expires next February. Um, but again, like I don't know what it necessarily would look like, but if, again, if you, if you can't go out and get like a Damian Lillard, you, you, you might be, you might be running the risk of like 
these these different trades i don't know what they would look like i don't know if like you would sell high or sell higher on like a tyler hero like i don't know if he would be the centerpiece of a deal i don't know what that would look like maybe you're willing to flip kyle for something and i don't mean to answer i don't mean to interrupt that but i wanted to draw things um tyler hero who is just you know going to be used to seek all these different free agents and stuff like why is everyone down on Tyler Hero all of a sudden? That's a 20-point-per-game scorer who he's been out of the entire playoffs. The like, fan base hasn't good. liked him for three years, dude. Like, yeah, he's well. been one of the most hated players by the fan base and because of, like, the injury history and um, him not coming up big in the playoffs when he, even when he is healthy. And he's just a puller. He's one of the most – Zach Lowe wrote a piece about it for ESPN. I think it was either before the season or at the beginning of the season. Was it he's one of the most ball? polarizing players in the league. Yeah, I suppose. You either really love him or you either don't think he's that impactful of a player. And, of course, we've seen – I mean, people can make jokes about him being a screen merchant, but, like, he has at times been a liability defensively. He's gotten stronger. He's be- improved as a playmaker. He was Miami's best shooter this last year. Yeah. Um, and I also don't think a 20-point-per-game score is the same as what it used to be um, because there's so many 20-point-per-game 20, 20 scores, but I know what you mean. I mean, um, like his statistics like, were in his statistics were nearly well, maybe not nearly like three point differential away from uh, you know he wasn't that different from Bradley Beal last season and uh, and if we're talking about defensive liabilities, Bradley Beal is also a defensive liability. He's better than Tyler though. He's a, de- much a defense. Yeah, yes, he's a better he's a better defender. He's a better playmaker, and he's a better shot creator than Tyler is. Yeah, sure. But you, I, just, I, you would just be getting him at double the salary for this upcoming season or not double, but like you would be getting him at probably 175% of what Tyler's contract would be this upcoming season. Tyler's making 27 mil Bradley bills. I think making like 45 or 46 million. Yeah. Like, that's also like six years older. Beal's a much better player than hero is. That's the he's thing. Also six, he's also six years older though. And if we're talking he injury is. history, like Bradley Beal, like, I'm actually just let me see how many games he's played in the last like little bit. 150 games over the last three years. Yeah, that's not great. That's not great. 50 no. games in 22, 23, 40 games in 21, 22. And I think a lot of that was because of the vaccine. Uh, 60 games in 2021, 57 in 2019, 2020. The last full, he played two full seasons in 2018, 29, uh, 2017, 18, and 2018, 2019. And that's the last time he's done it. And that's one of the things I was pointing out for the signs. It's like Booker misses a ton of games to injuries. KD's Achilles isn't getting healthier as he ages. And you have uh, – they're bringing in a guy who hasn't yep. played a full season in in four years. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like it, – it's so for, for the Heat, you have uh, you have Jimmy who who plays – I don't know. Like how many how many games did Jimmy play this year? Jimmy will miss a good 15, 20 games a season because Always. of his knee. Always. And then, you know, you'd bring in someone like Beal who was going to miss a ton of games anyway, especially like, look, the Heat players miss games a lot of the time because they're pushed pretty hard. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I'm, I'm, like they're held to a high standard and stuff. And I think sometimes that, it, you know, it, it's great later on in the season, but we all, we always have an injury bug early in the season, you know? So yeah. it's like, so it's like, if you think a, a player is going to get healthier when they come to the Heat, well, you can talk to Kyle Lowry about that. You know, um, yeah. so like, so Beal was going to miss games regardless, but it's like also injuries are going to happen in sport. That's just the way it is. Um, but it's more or right. less, it's more or less like, 
it's hard for me to, you know, like if you're trying to, if you're trying to um, inject scoring into the Miami heat, it's like, okay, let's go ditch our best score. You know what? You know, you're not going to ditch him for chump change at this case. And like, yeah, uh, but you're right. Beal is a better all round player and he would have made the heat better. Um, but it, and he helps I, Miami with things that Tyler doesn't necessarily like pressure the rim. Yeah. He was right. much better at pressuring the rim and like getting to his spots at the rim than Tyler's. And it's, again, I'm not trying to knock Tyler when I say no, that. I'm no. just trying to spew like he's better at getting to the rim. He's better at getting to the free throw line. He's better at creating his own shot for himself. Like that's something that Beal can do better than Tyler. Again, not trying to shit on Tyler here when I say that, but that's just the fact of the reality of the situation. So it's like Tyler's an incredibly polarizing player among this fan base, but like the reasons why you would suggest that Beal would be who, who Beal could upgrade the Heat hypothetically. Again, it's out the window now, so we can't keep talking about this much longer. But like he yeah. he does add things that he's better at than Tyler. Not to say Tyler's completely deficient at it because he's not. Like. And also at the same time, like Beal wouldn't be replacing just Tyler. I mean, he'd probably, he might've been replacing like Duncan and stuff too, at least on the defensive end. And so it's like, I don't think Beal's a neg. I don't, he's a below average defender, but I don't think that he would be, I don't think he's worse than either of those two, or at least he's not considerably worse than either of those two. So it's like, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to knock either of these guys by saying this, but um, I just think that's the fact of the reality of the situation. If you were to hypothetically bring in Beal for Tyler, but Tyler is a very polarizing player, just to kind of rebuttal to that. I'm more pro Tyler than, I mean, I know I just kind of sounded like I just completely hate Tyler and I shit on him, but like I just among these last few years, I am more pro Tyler than I am anti Tyler. But there are like, I, I understand some concerns. Yeah. Look, I understand. Um, Tyler's been in every trade scenario since, uh, since when the heat wanted to theoretically trade for James Harden, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and like, obviously he's, he's going to be that piece. I like Tyler hero. I think he can be a good player. I think that he can maximize him, And I think he's a good offensive player. And I think he's only going to get better. Um, I mean, he's 23 years old. You know what I mean? He's not even close mm-hmm. to his prime. Um, he attempts to put on muscle every, every off season, you know, and, he only starts the season pretty decent. So like he's there's va- there's value in that. Um would I be angry if the Heat used him as a trade piece for someone like Zach Levine? No. I'd be, you know, like uh, and I think that's I think that's what they're gonna try to do. Uh, I th- did think it was interesting that he wasn't included at all in any talks for uh for Beal. Uh, obviously, you know, Beal's asking like wasn't valued that much considering the uh the amount of money on his contract and that kind of thing. It's just it was just one of those where it's like, you know, I don't think I'm not saying run it back. I think if you run it back at this point, you're going to have uh, difficulties. Um, Got to give credit to five on the five on the floor because I'm just echoing some of their points at this point. But they were saying like you can't run back the same team after everyone's after the Heat's business is out in the air like this. Like you know exactly who was on the chopping block. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, just the fact that like we again like that's the thing with Dame of waiting for Dame again. Should this? I'm guessing, uh, and I say this, I'm guessing. We will know by Thursday, or we will know by Friday, or Saturday. like yeah. we will know soon. At least, just from what we've just the reporting over the last twenty four hours, I think we will know sooner rather than later about Dame's intentions in Portland, um, based on what happens on draft night, et cetera, et cetera. I could be wrong. I think we'll know before free agency, and it makes it much harder for Miami to 
trade for Dame once free agency comes, not that it's impossible, but instead of 125%, they have to get within that number. Well, it's, now it's got to be 110%. So you have to get, you have to get, you have to get closer to that 45 million that Dame's going to be making this upcoming season to trade for him. It's not impossible, but like, that's the thing where like Beal had the no trade clause. And so he could control wherever he, he were practically wherever he could go. And to some extent he could control the package that he gets traded for. Well, he didn't really exercise that second option. It was more so, Hey, which trade offers is Washington? Like I want to go to either Phoenix or Miami and whatever, whatever side that Washington's on with the organization is the side that I'll eventually accept and waive my no trade clause for. And again, Washington liked the deal more than Miami or Washington liked Phoenix's deal more than Miami. Um, at least in terms of like the expirings, the, the 25, 30 second round picks, however many there were, plus the pick swaps that we will eventually know more details on in the coming days. Um, but she had the no trade clause. That's where Miami, again, Miami had leverage. And whatever the sticking point was, whether, again, whether it was the draft capital, whether it was Jovic or Highsmith, whether it was even like Robinson or Oladipo, we won't really know the details until perhaps a later date. Um, Barry had that, you mentioned it earlier, but Barry had the report that there was like an unknown player that we really don't know who that player was. And Barry didn't know either. And Barry's as plugged into the heat organization as any heat reporter. Yeah. Um, and so that we, we really don't know, but again, with the Damian Lillard situation, he has the pseudo, I built my equity here for God knows how many years, what, 13, 14, 15 years. I don't know how many, I don't know how long he's exactly been in Portland, but he's been in Portland for but Not the majority of his career. Was it the entirety of his career? And he's built there for like a dozen years at least. And he, he has that equity with the organization. And so. Yeah. Yeah. But where can he get the most bang for his rap career? Brooklyn's a great rap city. So is Miami. <laughs> He's a good rapper. Yeah, like, him and that DJ Khaled EP <laughs> is going to be bumping <laughs> in hey, a couple I think, months. I think it'll be good. I like Dame's music. It's fun sometimes. I, I So do I, but uh, maybe he should release a new one that says that's just like Miami or something. I don't know. Oh, uh, you know, he did an hour ago post a cryptic uh, Instagram. He did? Yeah. What did it say? Uh, what did it say? I I need to know this information. This is this is why this I'm relying on you. All right, Damian Lillard posted is a picture of him in black and white on and looks like a PJ, nice private jet, and it's that's just the way it goes. Dot dot dot. Mm, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Try to see what are your initial reactions. I was just want to see if anyone of um. Well, okay. Pretty funny how a va- any vague post from Dame, everyone thinks he's demanding a trade something. He's just showing something he's doing in the off season. And Damien replied with the fire, oh, the fire emoji. Oh boy! <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> Do we need to restart this podcast? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hassan Whiteside commented three fire emojis. He's saying the pick's fire, dude. It's just what it is. This is what it means, bro. Uh huh. I'll see if anyone else is there. 
obviously, can you tell that we're starved for content when we're doing this on a pod? <laughs> Syria, cut this. No, just kidding. No, Keep this that, don't don't cut this, Syria. This is this is what the people need to hear. This is what they need. To, <laughs> they need to see. They need to see what it's like. And when we're starved for starved for info, well, hey man, who knows? Yeah, me whining and complaining about Damian Lillard possibly requesting a train brand. It's like, hey, did you see he posted a cryptic Instagram post like an hour ago? Replied, replied with a fire emoji, man. What's fire synonymous with heat? Ah, uh, come on. It's all coming together. Oh my goodness! This is this reminds me of like the times where like during the trade deadline, where like some random player, someone will just tweet the dump, the two eyes emoji, yeah. and everyone's just like, "What's going on, dude?" And just remember, uh, I, I remember when he found out LeBron was leaving Miami because a moving truck pulled up in Cleveland. No, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, that man. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like uh, I was like, this is when I was on a like Twitter watchdog or tracking flights. There's a moving truck that someone pulled up at LeBron's house in Cleveland and someone snapped a photo. And that's honestly, I think that's when it sunk in. I went to go eat a, a crappy turkey sandwich at my summer job uh, home from university. Do you still remember the what sandwich you ate? Oh, yeah. It was a, dis- oh, yeah, like it was a disappointing like sandwich. It was a disappointing lunch because like LeBron left Miami and I had a crappy turkey sandwich. Look, <laughs> wait, so wait. Oh, genuine question. Was this before or after like the news came out that he was going back? No, like I went to the kitchen. I'd been waiting all morning on Twitter, like not doing a great job at my summer job. And, um, you know, I went to the kitchen to get my turkey sandwich that I made at home before. And I got back to the computer to eat it. And it was like, uh, that's when Lee Jenkins piece dropped. And I was like, wow, what a disappointing day. And uh, okay. But what, um, like, what about the truck, though? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that got, that got posted, uh, like, a little bit before. So, like, that's kind of what spurred me oh, okay. out, out of the seat to go get lunch. Okay. See, like, I don't oh, think boy. I was on Twitter much then. Again, I was I was a young kid. I was, what, 15 at the time, I 16? I don't want to hear this, you child. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I wasn't on Twitter as much then. I had a Twitter account, but I didn't. I trust, wasn't trust, on Trust, Matt's, Matt's made up for his lack of 15-year-old Twitter time. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, again, people who follow me on Twitter, why the hell are you following me on Twitter? That's the dumbest thing that you could possibly do. Uh, For those who follow me on Twitter, I'm sorry. I just like I'll tweet occasionally, but it's it's not like it used to be because I it's it's, Twitter is uh it's tough to doom scroll sometimes. Yeah, but. It's just why I tell people like who who aren't on Twitter or who are thinking about joining Twitter, just like friends and like friends of friends, like don't do it. You'll get sucked into a cesspool like me. Um, but hey, yeah. us following this stuff is the reason why we're on Twitter. We give you this yeah, content. No, Brandon could give you the Instagram content of what Damian Lillard is posting at a given hour. Yeah, but I found that out on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> thought you saw it on Instagram. No, no. I think I do. I follow Dame on Twitter or Instagram. I used to. I know. Uh, I knew. I haven't been on them. If I don't follow Dame on Instagram and Dame is listening to this, you come to the heat. Get a nice, nice follow from me. Yeah, Dame. If you're listening to this, uh, please request a trade to and only to Miami. <laughs> Other than that, I'm, 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 I'm just gonna sit here and act like you're not gonna get traded to Miami. 
until like, that happens. I'm gonna. I will continue so. to do what I do best in traffic and hope. Um, yeah, and, you're. Yeah, you're gonna be the hope trafficking person on this podcast, and I'm gonna be like the doomsday pessimistic. You know what? Look, man, my my hope trafficking worked really well for a few rounds in the playoffs. It did <laughs> against yeah. against what I thought. Because again. I'm always the dumbest person on this podcast. It's not going to change, no matter if I'm right here or not. But <laughs> so listen like, to Brandon over me. Let's uh, let's see what happens, man. Like we got. You think they keep the 18th pick? I think we'll know a lot on Thursday. I don't think we're going to know a lot um, after Pat's press conference tomorrow. Um, but I always love listening to Pat's press conference because it comes with amazing quotes that I use seriously throughout the next season. It's going to be um, very funny. It, it'd be very funny if like a trade broke while he for was Damian Lillard, like as during Pat's press conference. <laughs> I think it would be just a press conference of Pat Riley, like laughing at like <laughs> he just walks in with the Damian Lillard jersey. Damian Lillard, he customized jersey, just walks out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be that would be awesome. But no, I, I think we know a lot on Thursday. Like, there's rumors right now that Portland wants to trade for Zion or Ingram. You know what I mean? Uh, with preference being on Zion to work the pick and roll with with Dame. So it's like either either Portland is going all in or they're going all out. You know. Here's something I'll also say about the draft because we do do this every year, yeah. where no matter what. Each and every year, we always say that this is the most that I've heard about something being traded or teams trading stuff. And when the draft actually comes, well, there's not really a lot of activity. Like we did it for, I mean, the best example, the best recent example I could come up with was like, remember all the smoke that happened with the Warriors trading the number two pick? Well, guess what? They didn't trade the number two pick. Again, different situations will have different outcomes and different endings sometimes but i i will preface by saying that we are hearing a lot right now in the nba media circles about teams trading shit during the draft or on draft day and that doesn't always mean that activity will actually happen and so again shams said it on mcafee this morning he's like this is the most that i've heard about teams potentially moving stuff during the draft. And I'm guessing there is some truth to that with like the second apron and teams trying to manage their cap situations better, depending on the roster size and how much money they have allocated to certain players. But I also think we say that every year. And so just I'm I'm prefacing by saying, don't always like it. Don't be surprised if nothing happens, but as always, with especially Damian Lillard's situation, don't be surprised if something does happen. I don't really don't know what to expect, but um, I will end that by saying, like, I'm not – draft activity, it, it just feels like we hear about it every single season, and it feels like every single season. It just It's less than we expect. Again, I don't know what to expect for this upcoming draft. Again, as Brandon mentioned, we'll probably know a lot more than – I think the Heat will keep the 18th pick. If I'm answering my own question, I think they will use the 18th pick. We can, we might or may not do another pod about who those players could possibly be. I know I wrote something on the side of multiple guys that I'm keeping my eye out on, uh, or I'm keeping keeping my eyes on just leading up. Um, so please go check that out at hothubs.com. But 
I don't know if he'll do. I don't know if he'll do a separate draft pod before then or not. Just because of all the shit that's happened the last few days, we figured we'd hop on here and discuss about everything that's happened. Obviously, again, the Heat were eliminated from the finals a week ago, and it feels like it happened 17 years ago, just based on the activities that's happened the last few days. And so, yeah, it's been it's been intense. Listen, I'm going to end the pod um, from. Because we got the Pat Riley conference tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to end it with a quote from Pat Riley. You already know which one I'm going to end it with. But there's no obstacles. Well, there are tons of them, but there's none. Oh, my God, Brandon. Why do you have, why do, you have to do this? To me? I'm just kidding. The traffic and hope? Do you have the guts, Matt? <laughs> to, to, to land Damian Lillard? <laughs> I don't know. But, I, but, if, if you're asking me if I have guts, if the Miami Heat are going to land Damian Lillard, I'd say he, I have zero guts. Uh, again, I, I think I've made my point somewhat clear. I just don't think – I think more things – I think there's too many unknowns, um, and there's too many stuff we're relying on Dame to do, and it's out of Miami's control because no, he's absolutely. ultimately the one that has to break the door down and request the trade to Miami. And if he doesn't do that, then I don't think Miami has a good enough shot at acquiring him. Again, we, as you mentioned, we have seen crazier stuff happen, but the organization has repeatedly done this over the last several years. And if they've come up with nothing outside of Jimmy, who, who again, requested a trade nine months earlier, didn't get that request, got traded to Philly, and then in the offseason, um, sign, sign and trade with Miami. But I, <laughs> Pat Riley's really hasn't landed a big time trade for a player under contract since Goron 2015. And so it's been a long time coming and I don't know if this will be the time that it eventually happens, but um, I could be easily be wrong, but I hope I am wrong, but nevertheless. Yep. Look, man, I hear you, but all I hear is tons of obstacles. There is obstacles. There's this, like there. Yeah, I don't man. think there's any denying. I I I love the Pat Riley quote, but in this case, there are plenty of obstacles that Miami will have to hurdle. Not to say that it's insurmountable, but there are no obstacles. Got to hurdle it. Shit's out of their control, and it has been out of their control the last couple seasons. No obstacles, man. I hope you're right in the end. I hope I'm right too. Um, I look, that being said, like, even though I already said that was the last thing I was going to say on the pod, I don't think Miami leaves this offseason with nothing. I think that would be really disappointing. And I don't think it'll work. Like, if you bring the same team back to, uh, to training camp. So you, you can't know. do that. No. So you they're going to do something. That. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be for Lillard, but why not, man? Let's see what happens. Why not? Because he doesn't have a no trade clause. Why not? Then I believe it was a it was you who I could quote on the podcast saying that he is the closest thing to a no trade clause. It's close because he's built up a lot of equity, but he doesn't have the no trade clause. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. We will indeed. We will indeed. As if you can't see, Brandon's doing the Damian Lillard tap in the wrist. <laughs> Damn time! You definitely can't see. Damn time! <laughs> All right, Matt. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and thank you for putting up with us because um, generally we're more on the ball and we're more succinct and, you know, we'll actually go into good analysis. But we are in close to the dog days of summer prior to the NBA offseason. And what you have just heard is pure speculation. 
So, you know, don't quote us uh, because if you do quote us, you'll probably be wrong. Um, yeah. Or, or do quote us because Matt and I will take the clout. It's one of the two. I'll take the clout, but I don't like bad clout. If I'm wrong it, on something, uh, that's It's all publicity is good publicity. I don't believe that to be true. But again, that's a different discussion for a different day. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Follow Matt on Twitter. Um, he posts more than me. Follow me on Twitter if you want. You don't have to. Uh, follow Hot Hot Hoops on Twitter. Check us out on social media. Uh, read us over at hothothoops.com. Uh, so you can get uh, content like Matt's draft analysis and um, some of the stuff that we dive into. Coming soon, I'll likely do a deep dive into BAM's finals play because that was spectacular and I don't want it to get forgotten to the hourglass. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody.